Hello, everybody. Um, welcome to this very special early episode of the Summit Bid Podcast. Yep, recording it a couple days early because Apple made a uh, a big announcement. A big announcement, and we feel like it it impacts photographers, creatives. You know, maybe not the outdoorsmen so much, but well, I suppose if your uh, creativeness intersects with your outdoor like our lives do like yeah exactly plus we're kind of apple geeks like if you watched the last episode and and didn't or listened to that last episode oh, and yeah. didn't take that away the only brand i'm i'm really loyal to is apple that, after all that's a quote of toby from the last episode yes you can hold me to that that's dangerous <laughs> that's dangerous for me so this was is the first time apple has changed um i guess the brand of their uh processors since well, 2006 yeah since 2006 since they uh yeah um and it's they're switching to apple silicon which apple they silicon. said i don't know how many times over Indeed. the last but they're calling it the uh the m1 the m1 right the um i think it's interesting that they picked just like obviously the m stands for mac at least i think that's what it stands for right Yes, I think it stands for Mac, although it has... Maybe it stands for Monopoly, who knows? Oh, yeah, well, the way that they talked in the presentation, but uh, anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. I think that before we should talk about that uh, we got a new vlog up yesterday. Oh, yes, we just released uh, the Uray County Road 7 vlog. Um, That one's got some of my favorite photos that you guys have taken. Yeah, well, it's got um, some of your photos sure. in that one, which is yeah, nice. I slipped a couple of uh, mixing couple it up. Of, uh, my fall photos in there. I was, I'm always gonna have a hard time not not feeling the, the aspen tree, the vibe, the aspen tree photos. Yeah, that They're one. My favorite thing. That one was a lot of fun. It was uh, one of the first ones that you've shot totally with the EOS R. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like that went on that shoot? I really like the way the footage looks. Mm-hmm. In, including the 1080. Uh, actually, if you've already watched it, um, I'd be curious to know if you could tell that the first talking segment and a few of the wide shots, kind of an Easter egg hunt, are 1080. The rest of it's 4K and 5K because um, the GoPro, of course, is shooting right. in 5K. Sh- At least I think 5K. it was. I had to change the... the it, s- if you were shooting with mine, then it was in 5K. Okay. Uh, and then also another big quality takeaway just on the GoPro line, not to get too off track, that uh, that low light time lapse with the us at camp mm-hmm. kind of partway through. I mean, it you can definitely see noise, but the, you can see shadow detail. You can tell what it is. You can see stars in the sky. Yeah, really I felt like impressive. it looked, I was really impressed with that low mm-hmm. light time lapse. And I feel like actually the low light time lapse setting is kind of the one to go with because um, mm-hmm. we since shot another one, a sunrise one, in the Maroon Bells a week ago, mm-hmm. and um, and it was uh, it was impressive there too. So yeah, for sure. And then one other thing I actually noticed, I'm I'm going to kind of dig in to try to figure out what happened. Some sort of compression error. Uh, there's a time lapse I took with the EOS R in there, and uh, the stars. It's like a star lapse. But the stars like skip and like freak out. I didn't see it till I put it up on on YouTube. So I don't know if it's a YouTube compression thing. Oh, interesting. Or if it's a uh, something wrong with the fact I, I used optical flow in Premiere. Uh, oh. So we'll we'll see. It didn't look that way in Premiere. It looked it looked it looked good. But um, that's an interesting little glitch that I'm, it's unfortunate that it's in there. It, honestly, the vlog would be better without that time lapse now that it's in there. But 
something to kind of just look out for, I guess, when you're posting stuff is there are your star lapses right. doing really wonky things. It's, it's a wonky looking thing that it does. It's like the stars get bigger kind of for a second and then they like reset. It's weird. Huh. That is very strange. Oh, right. Well, should we launch into this, uh, this, uh, these new Macs, this new, um, processor, all of this Mac news? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so they announced three new Macs. Do you want to tell us about? The well, three? I think we should talk about the processor first because it's kind of crazy. Yeah, for sure. Um, it has, it's an eight core. It's called the M1, as we previously mentioned. It has, um, eight cores. It said, uh, four, we just watched the event. So, and we're looking through the Apple notes, like, cause this literally just happened. So, you know, if we, if we get something a little off, we apologize, but we're, we're trying to sort through the information that Apple gives us, but, um, it's an eight core, uh, CPU on the M1. It has four high performance and then four high efficiency cores. And I think that's very interesting that I like, um, mm. so it's like, uh, four of them are for, um, it says the M1 features four performance cores, each designed to run single task as efficiently as possible with our maximizing performance. Our high performance core is the world's fastest CPU core when it comes to low power silicon. Because M1 has four of them, multi-threaded workloads take a huge leap from, excuse me, a huge leap in performance as well. Very interesting. Interesting. So here's the question. Right. Does it ever use all eight cores at once? And if it does... Well, that is, I, I kind of was wondering that same thing from it because it talks about the high efficiency core... Um, the M1 has four high, high efficiently core, uh, high efficiency cores to handle lighter workloads. They use a 10th of the power while still delivering outstanding performance. These E cores are the most efficient place to run lightweight tasks, allowing the performance cores to be used for your most demanding workflows. So yeah, I mean, it sounds to me like it's like, like, I don't know, like the high performance are for like different gears almost. Yeah, that is what it sounds like. The different gears. Different, like, and the, the other interesting thing to that is, is it kind of means it's sort of a four core CPU in both cases. I know that. I guess. I know that Apple's, well, it's, it is an Apple chip, obviously, but I know the, the uh, iPhone chips, which are the A series, I guess. Right. They just released the A14 and the uh, uh, iPhone 12. Yeah. And then that's also probably going into some new pro or did they already put it in the ipad pros no no the ipad pros still have the a13 they have it in the new um that they just announced some ipads a little while ago i don't remember if it was the the air ipad they might have been the ipad airs they have them or one of the new ipads but it's not the pros mm -hmm. the um the interesting thing about the the eight cores, the eight E cores is, is it should move the battery life forward a lot, although they right. didn't give any specific, super specific times. They think they just said like four times the battery life or the right. most. Right, they did when they actually announced the Max. I think that the, the new um, uh, MacBook Air, they said like 18 hours of video or something. Mm -hmm. And then like 15 hours of, of browsing the web and, and stuff like that, which that sounds great. Mm -hmm. That sounds great for, for a laptop. So they were definitely aggressively going after PCs in this. 
They were. One. I mean, if we can just talk about the presentation for a minute, this is the the first time I've seen Mac or Apple, excuse me, just really go after PCs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that actually, that speaks to the environment that they're announcing these Macs in. To be honest, um, Apple could not have timed this better um, because mm-hmm. we're seeing a huge resurgence in the Mac just in general because everybody's working at home and everyone's mm-hmm. learning at home. Mm-hmm. Suddenly households that needed like, oh, like maybe one, maybe two computers, right? Mm-hmm. Suddenly everyone needs one because they're all doing school at the same time and they're all trying to work and like mm-hmm. like everyone is is needing a, a laptop. So they've been mm-hmm. selling them like bonkers even before announcing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, uh, even without releasing an iPhone in quarter, was it quarter three of this year? Yes. Mm, yes, I think so. They still grew sales. Right. And I think part of that was they were still selling, obviously, iPhone 11s and, and that right, whole generation. Uh, but then they were also selling Macs, a lot of Macs. A lot of Macs, and yeah. And that's... So it's just, it's very interesting. So all of a sudden, I think that they're feeling competitive with Windows for that market because so many computers are being sold right mm-hmm. now, which is this weird thing that, like... You know, like a few years ago, we were talking about whether Apple would really continue to support the Mac, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden, it's it's exploding into one of their one of their main stays again, mm-hmm. which is it's just so interesting how, you know, uh, it, the timing on that. Like, obviously, Apple had no idea coronavirus was coming, where everyone would be working and learning from home. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they got extremely lucky with this, and now they're announcing these new ones that are you know, the shiny new toy with all of these new capabilities, like, mm-hmm. well, um, capabilities, like, again, these haven't been tested. Like we're kind of basing everything off of kind of what they're telling us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, for example, they say, uh, uh, here on the GPU performance versus power, they're saying up to two times faster GPU performance compared to what, you know, and then right. underneath that, that says it says matches peak PC performance using thirty three percent of the power. Once again, compared to what? Well, I think what they would say is like, oh, PCs that are in the same price range. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about XPS thirteens. I, I don't. I yeah. I don't follow. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't keep track of the the outside of Apple laptop world too much. I know a lot of people talk about Dell XPSs and. Yeah, there's a ton. Of, there's just a massive amount of uh, brands that make obviously windows laptops and to varying degrees of success. Right. Um, This is obviously going right up against the price point of the Microsoft surface. Is it just, is it just called the Microsoft surface, the tablet laptop thing, or does it have another surface pro? Isn't it the, well, the third, I mean the, the, uh, the, the, the 13 inch. So we're, we keep spoiling what they announced, but they announced, Oh, okay. I guess we can just sit, just lay it out so we can really talk about it. Mm-hmm. They announced with this new M one chip, they announced three computers, which was completely unexpected. I think everyone expected just one computer at this mm-hmm. event and they announced three. They announced the, um, uh, MacBook air, um, the Mac mini, which that is absolutely amazing. We've now seen mm-hmm. big updates in like two years to the Mac mini who, was unchanged for so yeah, long. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be another 
a line that just they discontinued. They just discontinued, it, and but, maybe and you know, and maybe this was kind of a last minute thing because I know the Mac Mini was uh, was the um, the developer units that they sent out when they announced back at WWDC in June that they were going to do this. Um, and I wonder whether they're just like, well, let's just send them into production the mm-hmm. the Mac Minis because it's kind of kind of interesting. And then um, a 13 inch MacBook Pro with the with the M1 Pro. chip. So I don't think anyone thought a Pro moniker machine was going to get, get it. it. Nope. In this, in absolutely this not. So that's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, again, like they used a lot of um, comparison, kind of I would call them phantom comparisons. Uh, two two x faster GPU performance, like you said, compared to what specifically, um, and you know matching uh, matching peak PC performance using thirty three percent of the power. Again, that's uh, mm-hmm. you know I mean obviously it's super powerful, and you know it has um, the graphics chip and the um, the RAM are also built in on the on the M one chip, so it's all integrated into a single. Um, it's all is single chip. Yeah, basically. single chip. Yeah, just so like it's the same. It doesn't work quite the same way as, uh, let's say, an Intel Mac would right, work. It's right, just, it's where the RAM the is separate thing. and the graphics processor is separate. And this is all integrated into the same thing, and it works the same way. Mm-hmm. So, so very interesting. Right now, the top of the line. This is interesting. I think. So if you go to buy a 13-inch MacBook Pro, what you're going to find is is the 1299 one and the uh, 1499 one have the new M1 chips in them. Okay. But the more expensive ones, the 1799 and the $2,000, 13-inch MacBook Pros are still running their Intel i5 quad-core processors. So their their highest-end... 13-inch MacBook Pros are still running the old Intel chips, which means, I think that serves to have to mean, basically, that those chips are still better than the M1 chip is. Yeah, I mean... Either that or they're just... They have a bunch of them built and they think they can get some people to buy them. They wouldn't. I don't think they would do that. I I think at this point... um, like there were rumors that this M1 chip would be more powerful than the top of the line MacBook 16 inch MacBook Pro mm-hmm. in any capability. And that's just, that's not true. Again, like we haven't, there's no one's had hands on time. No one's really, this has all just happened. So mm-hmm. it's hard to, it's, we're kind of still just going off of what Apple tells us. But what we can kind of extrapolate from some of this is that, um, and I also think that this points to the next year being since like if we look at their release schedule for their a series chips Mm. they kind of do that once a year so i would assume that this means that we might see some imax with this m1 chip maybe next spring Mm. and then i bet next fall a similar time frame to this next year we see an m2 chip on the 60 inch macbook pro maybe the imac pro um kind of the the, a real step forward even from Uh. that now, if I remember correctly, there was a time limit put on updating every. It was it two years. Well, see, I thought that that they got a little mushy with that on this one. So, um, in at WWDC, Tim Cook said 
directly that we will have updated our entire line over the next two years. And he used a very specific two years. In this event, they said the next couple of years. Now, couple and two are, there's different, I mean, they're essentially saying the same thing, but there's different vibes, right? Mm -hmm. Like you say a couple of years and you're like, oh, it could mean two. It could mean a little more than two. Two and you know, a half. two and a half, right? It's just it's hard to imagine what that Mac Pro, right? What chip, the M what that's with this M like. series chip and the Mac. I mean, we don't know. I mean, obviously, they're they're these are definitely the most consumer focused Ma, um, Macs mm-hmm. out there. I mean, they're all the laptops except for the 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 Mac Mini, but the Mac Mini is probably the most consumer focused. Um, or the Mac Mini is a really weird area. Actually, we can. We can transfer over to talking about the Mac Mini now for right. a minute. Yeah, let's do that. In a weird way, the Mac Mini is very consumer. I mean, it is the cheapest Mac that you can buy that's, you know, approachable in price. You could buy it a cheap monitor and you're up and running. Right. But at the same time, it's used for very professional purposes, running people's servers, um, being people's backup desktop computer front desk computer i'm sure people use it for that yep yep um so it's the mac mini is just it's a funny hybrid because you'd have a hard time recommending a college student to buy a mac mini right unless they you know it it is that issue of like performance versus portability i don't know if the mac mini is more powerful than a than a base macbook pro at this point it's hard to know it's hard to know i mean we have to break down the numbers my guess is it's similar, mm-hmm. but there's no the portability factor is is hit. So there's some interesting stuff with the Mac Mini just as far as a decision. I'm wondering if they released it as a way for people to get their feet wet with developing apps because you do mm-hmm. have to do. I mean, they made a big deal even cons- in that consumer focused uh, event that it's really easy to port your iOS. Over they, to the new. They Mac did. Thing. They definitely nodded. Like at WWDC, which um, stands for I think Worldwide Developer Conference mm-hmm. every June. Like they are speaking to developers. Like it's a big Apple event. They announce things there. The iO the, the new version of iOS is announced. Mm-hmm. Um, the new version of macOS, and sometimes they even announce hardware. It's definitely happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's kind of this thing where they're talking to developers. It tends to be the most um, techie of mm. the presentations every year. And, uh, you know, there was kind of this feeling like, well, WWDC, that was kind of talking about the the technical aspects. And then this is like, here's how you use it in the real world. I think it was that way, this event was, having mm. watched both. But they were still talking to developers quite a bit. I mean, they mentioned Rosetta again. Mm-hmm. Which, like, is, they talked about it at length at uh, WWDC, mm-hmm. but this time they mentioned it again, and they talked about it almost as long, I felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, that's not something that, like, someone who's buying a new Mac for school is going to, like, it doesn't really matter to them that much, mm-hmm. other than that they're like, oh, well, some of the old apps will work on it, that's fine. But they kind of definitely were nodding to developers, and it makes me wonder... I mean, I guess in theory, it makes me wonder whether they actually are maybe accelerating the the switch over to this. Like they really want to get over onto Apple Silicon completely as quickly as they can. Mm-hmm. I mean, we mentioned that they kind of fuzzed the numbers maybe a little bit on, on how long, but they seem, it seems urgent to them maybe. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, in the, the release of a pro device, I mean, if you wanted to, you could get on Apple Silicon now. It You'd have to be using a lower-end 13-inch MacBook Pro, mm-hmm. but you could do it. I mean, we could probably both get away with it. I, I don't know how well it would really... Right. Know, I'm not selling my six my 16 inch MacBook pro, but right. no, <laughs> um, they're going to have to give me another, like a, an Apple Silicon 16 inch MacBook pro where right. I would switch. The one to me personally, that's more interesting is the Mac mini. Cause I own a, a, uh, LG monitor for it. So you mm. could have it just at home. It could upload videos or yeah, just kind of be there. But, um, well, it does have a gigabit internet, which, um, like that sounds like a, a small thing, but like you know, it's it's harder to get that into a um, into a, a, a one of their Max laptops. Mm-hmm. They don't have a direct Ethernet port. You can you can get converters and all this mm-hmm. stuff, but they're expensive. One a really reliable one is expensive, mm-hmm. and um, and I I just you know there's something about just plugging it straight in with an Ethernet for uploading video. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're like like with us, like I kind of had to. I really get the workflow down so that we can upload videos somewhat quickly. But, you know, having that gigabit Ethernet straight into the back of that Mac Mini, it does, it makes it intriguing mm-hmm. as kind of a... Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting how maybe the, the cheapest device is the most... Because, like, I, will, I don't want another laptop. Right. Um, personally. That being said, I do think that these are really interesting laptops for your... Um, Maybe let's say your your average student they made a big deal right. about that. Right. Um, I can think of people I know that would benefit from these computers, but at the same time, I don't know how much more they're benefiting than if they had bought a 13 inch MacBook Pro yesterday with right. the Intel. Well, yeah, I, I guess it depends on which model because, like you said, there's different price points with the 13 inch. Mm-hmm. It seems like the top half is still Intel and the bottom half. So, like if you bought a top half version of the. Um, a 13 inch MacBook Pro yesterday, you're still, you're still, you're still, you still have the most modern great. tool. Yeah. And then, but if you did a bottom half, well, then you just made a huge mistake. Hopefully, hopefully someone at the Apple store told you. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully someone <laughs> warned you not to, yeah. not to pull the trigger. I think what's interesting to me is, is that again, we're seeing, um, we're kind of seeing in the in the Mac universe, in the Mac universe, what happened kind of in the the larger Apple ecosystem, where like they were trying to pull people who were using laptops um, for more basic tasks into iPads, mm-hmm. um, and you know they have the iPad Pro, and I think now we're seeing that the same is that I think I think that they're wanting to release more capable top end hardware. I think mm-hmm. is what we're seeing because for a long time. The six, the fifteen inch, excuse me, MacBook Pro, right? That was just the best laptop. The Pro just meant code for best laptop, mm-hmm. and um, and I think a lot of people bought them just because they were the best laptop that you know mm-hmm. Apple sells, and um, and I think that Apple is is shifting to where they want to offer more truly professional tools. So mm-hmm. we'll say professional instead of pro. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, that are geared towards like they you know they're beyond what a con- an average consumer would really want. They're for production teams. They're for like really heavy lifting. And like the Mac Pro is a testament to that. The um, the, the their big display, their their six thousand dollar display. Oh yeah. Um, is geared towards that, right? 
Mm-hmm. And um, the but, Mac Mini can drive that, by the way, which is kind of wild. Oh yeah, well, it's the only monitor that Apple sells right now, so, so it kind of has to be able to drive. It kind of has to be able. Six K is a lot. That's that's something else. Is is are we going to see an an Apple monitor again? I would hope so. Mm-hmm. I mean, these LG ones are great. I mean, I use um, one of them, the the twenty seven inch five K, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's got the same guts as their, their, uh, their IMAX pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I would say it looks similar. Um, but you know, there's something about just, you know, the Apple ecosystem, as we've talked about before, mm-hmm. like it'd be nice to have like an Apple display to, I, I don't know, maybe that's, that's going too far, but. Well, I think that there's, uh, I, I own a, the 20 inch LG, which is actually really hard to get now. Um, right. If you look around for it, it's hard to even get one, which maybe makes sense because it's still an expensive display. But anyway, I have the 20 inch one and uh, I do really like how it does play well with like the fact that it you can plug your uh, the same cord mm-hmm. that you plug it into to get the display is also power for your laptop. So all you have to do is just pull your laptop out of the bag and set it down, in, yep. plug it in mm-hmm. and you're rolling. Um, you know, obviously I don't really know what more functionality I would want out of an Apple display, but mm-hmm. that in particular is really nice. You also get the bonus of having four extra Thunderbolt ports. They're not the Thunderbolt. Back. They're Thunder, they're USB C things, but there, there's only one Thunderbolt port and that is the mm, one that goes, that's the one that goes over that, there. Yeah. That, and that is super confusing, and I feel like Apple has kind of intentionally, um, as in, I don't know that they've muddied the waters on that, where you think that you're plugging in USB-C and you're automatically mm. getting Thunderbolt, and like, and then mm. cords, like, there's a huge difference between Thunderbolt 3 and USB-C, even though they use the same general plug-in, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what gets confusing. And then you have to buy a Thunderbolt 3 cable to do, to, you know, have that capability. So it's confusing. And I feel like they've made it somewhat intentionally, not intentionally, but they haven't done a lot to make it not confusing for people. (laughs) I mean, I guess the, at least in my workflow, I've used them and had no problems I've right. used the oh yeah, I mean they're I think they're they're decently fast, and that's the advantage of Thunderbolt because, like, when you really get it going, like for my system, I have the twenty-seven inch um, uh, display LG mm-hmm. display, and then that goes into a, a hub device. Um, I can't think off the top of the uh, my head the name of it, but it's a it's a USB hub system, and it has. Thunderbolt, it has uh, two Thunderbolt plugs, a bunch of USB-C and a bunch of USB-A and an SD card reader mm-hmm. and a gigabit Ethernet plug-in. Mm. And this is a separate powered device, which I think is important that it's powered on its own. And then that relays through to my laptop. So I plug in my laptop and it has all my hard drives go on, the display goes on, Um and, uh, and I can plug in my SD card just, you know, at my, at my desk. Mm-hmm. And so that's like, that's the power of Thunderbolt is that you can power all of that through the one cable. Mm. And all of the ports on all MacBooks are Thunderbolt. I don't want to be too confusing, mm. but like the little USB-Cs on all the sides, those are all Thunderbolt. So 
I'm actually, we had noticed something when we were watching the recording that the 13-inch MacBook Pro only had two Thunderbolts. Yeah. I wonder if the reason why that was is just because it's the lower end 13-inch. Yeah, or or they just, they reduced it. I mean, I don't know if uh, peripherals are, I mean, you have to be able to plug in hard drives, right? But I don't know. But again, well, I mean, if you're, like once again, that's coming from the biased of someone that obviously we shoot stills and video and the file sizes right. are huge. And even if you bought the top end, I could only store a few months worth right. on, on it. But if you think about um, your basic user who's mostly making text files and they have photos from their iPhone on there that's also right. stored in the iCloud. Right. Um, I'm, I'm sure that the majority of Mac owners do not use external storage you're uh, you're almost certainly right and then also it should be noted that um that uh iCloud is just it's gotten so efficient the way that it works and mm-hmm. you can upload to that and then it will automatically move it off of your device when it starts getting full um and that's really um that I mean and it's you know you can get 2 terabytes now Mm-hmm. Well, there's a sneaky way that you can get four. Someone was talking about if you use the new, um, you know, the Apple One or whatever, and then mm-hmm. you already have it. Apparently, you can get four that way. I, I that was just something that I heard mm-hmm. someone mention. I don't know that that's actually true or not, but it is interesting that you can't just pay for as much as you want, though. That is an interesting right shift. Like if you can't say I'll pay you a hundred dollars a month for three more terabytes you just you can't you right. literally can't throw enough money at that issue to make it different yeah I, that is true um and i think that you can google has unlimited and dropbox has unlimited but it's very and, expensive uh, backblaze well back but the difference between black backblaze and icloud is backblaze is truly just a backup so you have to be you have to have that file mirrored on a physical drive somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas with iCloud, I can upload to iCloud and then delete it off of whatever drive mm. it was on and it will stay on iCloud. Mm. So that's the huge advantage there is that I don't have to have it physically on a drive in mm. order to to have it. Now, I want all my stuff on physical drives too. I don't know that I'm trusting the Apple servers that much to be... You know, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's in a an few interesting years. arms race between right. Well, like and then physical storage and the uh, right. Well, and it gets frustrating storage. because I've got stuff in all these different places mm-hmm. on, like I have because Adobe they have their cloud service right, mm-hmm. and I think it, I have a terabyte on there um, mm-hmm. that's included with your my Adobe Creative Cloud membership. So I have stuff on there, and. Uh, you know, so I'm starting to get like all these external ones and I have stuff left on Google because um, Google has been the easiest to share with clients. They just have generally wanted. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I have a Google one and um, so, and I'm sure there's ways now with iCloud. I need to look into it and then, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you, I don't have Dropbox, but um, um, you know, 
I know a lot of people use Dropbox. So I think we've we've used it slightly. I think you can get like 15 gigs free or something. 15 like that. gigs. Oh yeah, gigs. Yeah, not yeah. terabytes. <laughs> I was thinking and terabytes no, for a not, second. Not terabytes. 15 terabytes free. Oh, that would be that would be glorious. That's 2050. We'll just have to wait for that. Yeah, wait. So, um, but yeah, and then so so the last laptop that they announced or the last computer that they announced, actually it was the first one. We're doing it backwards. Right. We're doing it backwards. But uh, was the MacBook Air. So yeah. the, I heard people thinking it may be just a MacBook straight up. Mm. The MacBook straight up is the line that actually got killed off, replaced with the MacBook Air at this point. Yeah, I feel like it. it I feel like it's done. Well, they don't even have it on here. Oh, they don't even have it. Oh, wow. It's completely gone. I think it may have... It MacBook Air, MacBook Pro 13-inch, MacBook Pro 16-inch, iMac, iMac Pro, Mac Pro, Mac Mini is the the lineup that they mm-hmm. have on there. Wow. And they, I think the reason why that is is they now, the iPad Pro is now the base laptop, basically, which you can turn a, a you can turn a iPad Pro into basically a laptop that runs iOS now. Yeah, you can. Uh, with the uh, magic keyboard. Yeah. So it makes sense to me. I think that you, you saw this with Microsoft. They did release a Surface laptop, which I think is their base. Um, mm, let me mm-hmm. look real quick what that costs. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, and that's something else while you're looking that up that we can talk about is that the hardware has not changed at all. Mm-hmm. Not whatsoever. They they are completely selling this as a new um, internal innovation, which, you know, mm-hmm. that's smart. But I think some people were holding out hope that we were going to see... Oh, so like the screen design and the well, keyboard I think, design? Well, you know, kind of I think where we're going is that we're going to have touchscreen Macs, right? At, at mm. some point, like... That's part of why they're switching over to this is that there's going to be touchscreen Macs, I would think. Certainly, mm-hmm. Mac OS Big Sur, which, um, oh, is coming out on Thursday the uh, 12th. Yeah, we'll have to get to that next for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, certainly it seems designed for touchscreen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got that iOS feel and it's got control center and all of this stuff. So it seems like it's... Um, it's got touchscreen DNA. So it's like, oh, they're, they're going to be moving where I think you're going to be able to touch the screen. And I don't know when that's going to come. I'm kind of circling the MacBook Pro 16-inch either next year or early 2022. I could see it being a few years because you don't want to implement tons and tons of features until at least, let's say, 40% or 35% of your user base own um, the Apple chip the newer ones. Maybe. I I feel like that's going to pull a lot of people to upgrade. Mm, Possibly. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep the display as thin. Yeah. I'm sure that's something they're they're thinking about. I'm sure that's something they're thinking about. I mean, it will probably have to get a little chonkier, right? Mm. Um, So the Surface Laptop go the cheapest surface you can buy is 549.99 oh what are the stats on that um let me see they're trying to hide them from me <laughs> for good reason um this new macbook air starts at 999 so it's an intel core i5 it does mm-hmm. not say 
how many cores it has. So maybe assume it's dual core. I don't know. Mm. The 549 has four gigs of RAM and 64 gigs of internal storage. Okay. Just be real for a second. Who's using that? Just use your phone at that point. I feel like you, you could still get away with writing on that. And writing would be funner or easier on that than it would be mm. on something else. And yeah, these really are writing machines at that point. Because text, like maybe it is a little slow, but what you're really buying it for is to write papers. Right. Um, but you're certainly not using it for uh, Lightroom Photoshop. I mean, I used a much weaker computer than that for Lightroom and Photoshop when I started. But Right. I mean, um, that's true. But, but yeah. 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 Um, and then the top end of the Surface Laptop Go is actually still weaker than the the MacBook Air. It's 8 gigs Intel Core i5. I guess it's somewhat comparable. 256 gigabytes of internal storage. Mm. And it's $100 cheaper. The, the difference between these two is, is maybe I'm wrong about Windows computers and they're a lot better now. And I'm sure you can tell me about your... 15-year-old Windows laptop in the comments that you had that you've had and it still runs great but right every every Windows computer I've had like my last Windows computer actually physically started falling apart yes like the the keyboard was coming up off of the chassis of the uh, of the computer <laughs> so when i hear like even spending in the same ballpark as for uh, an Apple product and once again I'm sure you can buy great Windows laptops. Yes. That will last a really long time and won't yes. have a lot of these problems. But I'm just now I'm used to trusting that the Apple laptop's going to last longer, especially at these cheaper price points. Right. Well, and like um, the the first um, MacBook, a 15 inch MacBook, um, the early 2015 version so it's five years old now and it honestly it runs great that one's uh 2014 oh yeah it's the 2014 mm-hmm. version and it still runs great it still looks great mm-hmm. like you know as you know uh my uh my wife uses it now for some of her projects mm-hmm. and like she's got no complaints with it um yeah. so you do like you know there's a premium with apple but it does seem to like overall, there's going to be lemons and Apple, like, you know, to hold them accountable. They had keyboard issues with the 15 inch with the touch bar. Mm-hmm. They had 50, they had keyboard, major keyboard issues. And that keyboard was garbage. It was hot garbage. Mm-hmm. I um, suppose that the difference is, is that when Apple messes up like that, everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. When a Windows product does that, it's just like, well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to happen. And and I'm, I think I am being a little too hard on on Windows computers, considering that I haven't really been paying attention to them for a long time. Right. But right. well, we both have been burned by mm-hmm. them. So like, it, it's just a little jaded. And I yeah. know a lot of people that were also jaded. Actually, everyone I can think of who had a. Everyone I can think of that owned Windows and switched to Mac has been happy. Right. With this, with the switch. And I can yeah. think of at least four or five people off the top of my head, mm-hmm. um, you know, with just within my close relations. So 
I think that's a high enough percentage to be like there, there is a difference here. And when it's something portable, I mean, it's something we obviously have to talk about with camera gear too, durability and just the way that it feels and operates Works physically. And operates. Yeah. It, it matters. Like the fact that the, like I remember on both of my old windows computers or all three of them, I had three windows laptops before I got my first Mac, the display would like it would sit in one place and it would kind of wobble if you touched it. Mm -hmm. And this one, like you have to shake it to wobble and it will stay in any, in any spot, any spot. Yeah. So if it's on your lap, you can push it all the way back and it's just, it's any angle you want and you don't have to really futz with it. And just that kind of stuff just, and then of course the touchpad, it's legendary for having the best touchpads. Yes. And the touchpad is, it's so good that I actually use one. I use a mouse and a touchpad. Um, when I'm plugged into my monitor, but I, I, I like, I still use it. Like it's, it, mm-hmm. it adds functionality rather than just being the portable version of a mouse, which is what a touchpad was for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, so I think, um, like if we can kind of look ahead based on what we've seen announced, like it's clear that they kind of kept the actual hardware where it was, mm-hmm. but they've added a, you know, they've kind of laid the groundwork for a bunch of, of functionality. And and what I'm, what I think is it's what we're going to have to see um, over the next few weeks is that they used a lot of flowery language in that. And they said faster, I don't know how many times and they showed people using it and just being like, wow, it's so fast. Mm-hmm. But um, they didn't really talk about like, well, what are you going to be able to do that you couldn't do before? I guess slower. Um, Mm-hmm. So much. I mean, they talked about that they there's some future things with um, with uh, macOS Big Sur that like you'll be able to run iOS apps directly on it, right? Mm-hmm. And that like they they mentioned Adobe and uh, Omni Group. Interestingly, they in- mentioned Omni Group, which I mm-hmm. thought was that was kind of an interesting. That's not a um, a super like well known um, outside of kind of uh, tech geek. Mm-hmm. Circles, um, they make OmniFocus the task management program that mm-hmm. I use and rely on. Um, but they they're going to have unit. They call them unified apps, which means that they run the same on the Mac as they do on the iPad and the phone. Mm-hmm. They're they're bringing iOS and macOS closer and closer to one OS. To to one OS. Well, and and that's the thing is that we'll eventually will we get. And I know you think that this is true, but will we eventually be um, where like, like they call it iPad OS and watch OS and iOS, even though they kind of, they're very, very mm-hmm. similar. There's just a to, few differences. I am willing to say what it will even be called. I'm willing to the, the all branching OS is going to be called Apple OS. Well, or what, or, or actually what I think could happen is that they will change it to, um, iPhone OS. So it will be iPhone OS, Mac OS, iPad OS, Watch OS. But it's all going to be running kind of the same behind the scenes I with guess a few differences. Because, like, why, I mean, I guess, yeah, maybe. From a, maybe. From a marketing standpoint, I feel like having your one OS makes sense with tweaks to work well, but that with is the with different their, form factors. That's what they're doing already with... Um, well, Mac OS is still running a different architecture, 
it's still very right. different under the hood. Right. Than, uh, well, I think they'll be the same, but I think they'll actually change the name of iOS to PhoneOS um, so that they have each individual delineation of basically the same thing. Like they're already doing with iPadOS and I mean, uh, watchOS. Like there's, there's a marketing advantage, though, to saying this is the OS that all of these things use if you buy them any one of them runs the same thing. It's not a new thing you have to learn. Mm. Like I there's mean, an advantage I to that. Right, I agree. I think where you run into trouble is like when they're announcing new features. Like for instance, um, you know, uh, anyone who's used an iPad in recent years knows that the iPad OS is different than, than the phone in what you can do on the home screen and your um, multitasking and all that stuff. There's differences. So announcing that, you know, like, oh, there's these delineations under this. So if you kind of give it each a category, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. it just makes it a little more complex to tell people what you're getting with each individual machine, even though it's the same OS. Like, iPad OS and, and iOS are, are virtually the same. They just have different things, like, almost unlocked, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the uh, there's the dock on um, iPad OS, and I think there's some different stuff with widgets, although that's all changing now yeah, with uh, iOS right. and 14. What's funny is is that on the the iPad OS, the widgets still are confined to this one little area, whereas on iOS 14, you can put well, on the phone, you can put them wherever you want on any of your home screens. Mm-hmm. Probably means that they're planning something for some sort of different thing for the Mac, right? Like Mac. Like, sorry, not Mac iPad. or iPads, mm-hmm. um, like some sort of s- extra features. Well, I think that screen. iPad can still run the, because the new version of widgets in iOS, all they can, they're kind of, um, like you can't actually interact with them. Mm. Like they, they show you things in the update and then when you tap on it, it opens the app, mm. right? But they can update, they're almost more referenced than anything, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, on my home screen, I have uh, Fantastical. So I can look at it and reference, like, what all my appointments are and whatever. But when I tap the actual widget, like, I can't check off, uh, like, because it's integrated with um, um, to do, like, Mac um, tasks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't check it off. When I tap on it, it still just opens up the app. Whereas I think the old style of widget that w- used to be in the Today view of... Um, the phone and is still on iPad. You can actually interact like on the OmniFocus um, widget on iPad. You can still check things off. Mm. Whereas, you know, the OmniFocus version, the OmniFocus doesn't have widgets yet on the, on the phone and you can't check things off on them. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. You can't actually, uh, they're not like little apps running on your screen. Right. Yeah. They're, they're kind of for reference and they're, they're great for that. They're like windows in no pun right. intended. The, the one exception to that rule is, um, is the actual Apple run shortcuts app mm. is, um, uh, like you can tap on it to, you know, do various things. Like I have it like one where I can just tap to, uh, to start a new Apple note or whatever. Mm. So anyway, so the other big announcement was is that uh, uh, Big Sur is being released for everyone. So whether you're buying a new Mac or not, right? Um, yep. We're all going to get as long as I think it's like 2014, 13, 14 MacBooks and, and uh, uh, Macs and forward will all get this, right? I'm not I'm, sure. I'm excited for Big Sur. I mean, 
I've heard good and bad things, but like the new Safari looks amazing. Mm. Um, having messages be as full featured as it is on your on your phone. Mm-hmm. Like every anyone who's used messages regularly on their Mac, which I actually use all the time, mm-hmm. they oh, know yeah. that your phone still has more features, and and now it's going to be basically the exact same either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the rundown of the uh, here's a list of ten or eleven big features that are coming, and I'll actually be interested because I think Kemper here actually knows more about. Uh, the individual things than I do. I haven't really gotten a chance to look into them, Mm -hmm. but the new features that are coming is the fresh design, which he was just talking about control center, which we also mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, They're adding control center to here notification center. Uh, Of course there's one now, but they are saying that it gave it one of the biggest design updates in Mac OS big Sur um, with Apple redesigning widgets and the widgets introduced in iOS 14. So you can put widgets in, in notification center? I guess. I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. Okay. I actually didn't know that. I wonder if you can have them on your desktop as well. Um, and then Safari customization, Safari privacy report, Safari tab preview. Actually, these are all things that are already in Safari, at least on my computer. Well, they have the new Safari homepage where you had the custom background. Oh, They're basically just trying to really compete with Google Chrome. And Bing. And Wasn't Bing the first one that did that? Oh, my gosh. Yes, you're right. Um, and then, of <laughs> yeah. course, the messages, battery usage, video editing. Ooh, interesting. It says yeah. the Mac Photos app now supports video editing. Uh, oh, now this is less exciting than I thought it was. I thought they were doing something with the software to make it run, make it, make it run five better. streams of 4K. Well, it faster. is supposed to be faster, and they bring the biggest thing is that they bring back the the Mac chime, like that that noise whenever oh, you used yeah. to turn on a Mac. They they they're bringing that back, which is I think is fun. Oh, of course. I'm, I'm excited to see um, what it is. I mean, they've the the dock looks much more iOS. The uh, um, the icons, like the mail icon, is no longer the the eagle on the stamp. <laughs> it's like it looks like it does on the phone, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so I, I'm not, I can't decide on that. Like, oh, so a bunch of logo redesigns then? Yes, a bunch of logo redesigns. Fascinating. Um, and they all are now they're that square format. They're not like that that uh, 3D kind of cutout look. Like I said, like the the eagle on the stamp being one they're all kind of they look like ios icons so they look touch friendly interesting i think we'll we'll see that touch probably sooner rather than later i'm interested to see all their new designs oh the messages is new barely it's barely new yeah it's new um safari looks pretty much the same yeah males i i personally like the slightly more unified design yeah, look. it goes back into that ecosystem um, thing, mm-hmm. right? And then the settings is new. A lot of them aren't like totally redesigned. Maybe the word isn't they. Maybe the word is they are redesigned, but they're not reimagined. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, because they're using basically the iOS ones with maybe a little more pop. I don't know. Yeah, because they. I guess they do show up bigger on Mac displays. They. They certainly can. You aren't as. <laughs> you aren't as close to them, I suppose. Right. 
it's yeah. it's always a, an interesting trade-off there because with your phone you're like stuffing it right in your face right. so even though the screen's really small you're it's really close so right um but yeah just a bunch so of yeah i mean and that that drops on on thursday drops they finally thursday. have announced that it's dropping on thursday will you be upgrading right away or are you gonna wait i don't know i usually wait a couple of weeks yeah I, I, I'm, I'm an, I'm an early adopter by nature. I'm not sure why I've never, I've not regretted it typically because I don't use apps, random apps that have a hard time, mm. but I don't know. Part of me wonders whether I should wait a couple of weeks cause it's such a big, um, updates, but I don't know whether it's, well, they're changing it. Like it's, you know, now it works with the new, um, M1, Laptops. Mm, so. Interesting. Well, you want to know what? I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to upgrade on Thursday night. And we'll talk about it next week oh, on the podcast. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Um, maybe we should do it. I I'm, I'm, I also need to upgrade my phone. So maybe I'll just do it. You're not on iOS 14 yet? No, I'm not. Wow. I just, uh, my phone got full of stuff. And then I bought, <laughs> and then I paid a bunch of money to back it up on iCloud. Well, not a bunch of money. I got the iCloud subscription. And then forgot about it until now. So I need to. Uh, yeah, you got to get that. those widgets, man. Get Widget Smith going. Oh, you betcha. All right. All right. Well, um, do we have a, a pick of the week this week? Um, I don't. We didn't. We kind of, we just decided to launch into this. They had announced the new stuff and we kind of wanted to talk about it. So. Mm. Interesting. I don't yeah. know what, what would, uh, what would constitute. I'll tell you what, I have a pick of the week. Okay. So um, I have been um, using this new workout program mm. called, it's from Onnit, Onnit Fitness. Mm. Um, and uh, they're, a, uh, they're a gym down in, in Austin, Texas. And it's called, um, it's called durability training. Mm. And um, which is something that I feel like is a little, underrated particularly in in the world of crossfit Mm. and all of this stuff it's like it's focused on less getting you in shape and more making you durable so that you can get an even even better shape so Mm. um and you use these these weights um i ordered them they're like these uh these clubs they look like these clubs Mm. um and then you do a lot of like foam rolling and stuff but it it's been really good. Like um, the idea is with it, the way they the selling point with it that they say is like they want you to feel like when you were a kid and you would bounce around and throw yourself around mm. and not feel like you could really hurt yourself. Mm. Um, they want you to kind of get back to that where you feel flexible and and durable. Mm. Um, so um, I've not I've been doing it for a couple of weeks now, and you know it's been a good investment and a good investment of time. And I feel, um, better. Mm. Um, it's, I wouldn't say it's overly hard, although you could definitely be fairly challenged with it. Mm. Um, and you know, it's not a, uh, get fit quick scheme. Like you're not, those workouts are not designed to help you lose a lot of weight. Mm. Like you're not burning a ton of calories. Um, you might get a little sweaty, but not super, but you're investing in, in getting yourself into um, where you're not as likely to get injured 
Um, you are stronger in a greater range of motion, which I think that's something that, that people overlook in, in, in fitness and mm. certainly with, um, and, you know, with doing as much as we do in the mountains, like being durable just sounds like a good idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, yeah, for sure. So I'd never heard of it before. Yeah. So, um, anyway, it's, it's definitely, it's like a six week program, but it's also designed to kind of be repeatable. Mm. Um, like, you know, you won't be able, you could, you could do it every six months or something, right. For six weeks. Um, I think is kind of the, the way that they've designed it, which is, is kind of smart. Mm. Um, but overall I've been enjoying it. I feel like it's a good investment. And, um, for other people who are interested in, you know, climbing, hiking, skiing, Mm -hmm. mountaineering, anything like that, it's definitely, I think worth a look Mm. to just kind of give you that next level, that next edge. So, Oh, you betcha. All right. Well, I think that we are going to wrap it up for today. Um, if you like this video, go ahead and um, give us a like, or you can also th- always subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, all that. Yeah, YouTube as well, of course. Yeah, of course on YouTube, yeah. yeah. And so. uh, if you are on YouTube or even on those other apps, you should run over and check out the most recent vlog we just released. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, it's uh, Uray County Road 7. It's a really fun video. It's actually one of my favorites, maybe, even though it's not necessarily the most... We're not doing the most epic stuff. Right. We have other videos that we're doing something a lot more difficult, it's, but. Right. But it's it's a lot of fun and it's a, mm-hmm. such a beautiful place. It's worth just kind of going there virtually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It. And so, uh, yeah. So thanks so much for watching. Yeah. And thanks listening. so much and watching, listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.